representing Westside to the it go gang gang. Me and all my brothers on that same thing. Trying to pump his paper like when Diddy hit his name change. Hit him with that shine old one, let his brains hang. Young Spanish boy, I'm just trying to let my chain hang. Game gang, Brody trying to open up that main lane. Say that shit is so not told. Where's my pay pay? Wanna try me cool? God hell, we don't play play. Win with that funny money, cousin Greg and Day Day. Now let me talk that Westside shit. And here's another heater from a west side spick You know this 11 millimeter be my left eye bitch You know that house a little chilly No scrubs too hilly, y'all Welcome back to Barely Serious This is episode 59 We have a great guest this week Rapper AY-R out of Arizona Man, I've been following this guy for a while It's been cool to get him on the podcast It's going to be a great episode uh, You can catch his album, The Red Project Which is on all platforms The song you're hearing right now is called 126 it's my favorite song by this guy blast this all the time in my car and in fact the reason we met is because i heard this song and i hit him up on instagram uh, a couple years ago and yeah so this is episode 59 enjoy welcome back to barely serious this is episode 59 as plugged just before this rapper ay-r joining the podcast how you doing man what up what's good man thank you for having me oh man been wanting to have you on for a while um before this we played um the little intro song one two six shit's straight gas man oh man thank you thank you i remember when i first uh when i first dropped it man you were one of the first to, to show like real love to it bro and, and you know that shit that every time i think of that song bro i always i always think of when you told me you were going to use that for the end for the um intro to one of your shows yeah dude that's it's crazy and i've i've done that just that um there's a there's a show that i host or sometimes in santa Ana. well now there's no shows but and i would bring people up on stage from the sound booth and i would just have your song on repeat bro yeah man thank you bro i appreciate that for real a hundred percent now how is the uh the the quarantine is there is arizona like shut down still uh, yes and no. I mean, there are some places who, like, they're open, but they're kind of, like, strict on to the amount of people can go in. So, I mean, most of us end up going back home anyway. Right. But, I mean, for the most part, I don't think Arizona never really went into a lockdown, man, because everybody was just living their life like normal. How, is, how has this affected you in, like, the, the, the music community? I know that there's no concerts, there's no uh, live performances, but has it, like, motivated you in any way to make more music and just get back in the booth? Oh, yeah, man, for sure. Uh, it's just nothing but time. Like, you know, I, I'm i a rapper, yeah, but but I'm I'm still, you know, I still got that 9 to 5. You know, I'm working from home, so being at home all day, you get nothing but inspiration. Dude, 100%. That, that's crazy. Like, how, how often do you find yourself writing? Uh, every, like, honestly, like, I'll probably think of, like, four or five bars, and, and I'll just write them down real quick, and then at the end of the day, like... I kind of like tally up what I come up with, and then at the end of the day, next thing you know, I either have a verse or a song. At the end, at the end of each day. So do you? Yeah. You don't like sit down and you're like, okay, I'm gonna write this song about this. It's just like whatever hits you just kind of flows together. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, I'll just I'll either I'll be listening to music or I'll like something simple as like listening to a conversation. I hear somebody say something and I'll hear like one or two words and I'll just click something in my brain and, and you know, I'll sit down and I'll just write it, you know, before I forget it. That's fucking crazy. When I, when I worked at Trader Joe's, I would do the same thing. I would, uh, I would print out 
I would just take receipt tape and I would keep it in my pocket and I'd be like stocking shelves and I'd think of something and I'd be like, oh, that could be funny later. And I would just write it down and just, I would take, I would be mid conversation with the customer, take that shit out and just write it down in front of them and be like, ah, you'll understand maybe one day. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like, cause it's one of those things that's in the moment, you know, when you sit down and I feel like, like nowadays when you sit down and, and you're trying to like write a song or whatever, you're just forcing it. You know what I mean? And that's how you end up with some stuff that you're just going to put on the shelf or, or something that that's just nothing like what you, you know, pictured earlier in that moment when you're like, okay, I'm going to write, I'm going to sit down later and then write about it rather than, you know, pulling out your phone or pulling out a notepad and writing it down right then and there and just picking up where you left off later. Do you write in like a physical notebook or do you just use your phone? I use my phone, man. Honestly, I don't even type in the phone. My lazy ass just starts, you know, <laughs> turning on the little microphone and I'll, I'll record it and then go back later and start writing around it. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, so I'll type shit down in like my phone, but then I find writing it in a physical notebook later like triggers some other shit in my brain. Like it, it allows me to be a little bit more creative with other and take other alleys and avenues um, yeah. when I could just see it. When I, like when you're writing, I just feel like it's different in your brain. Oh yeah, and then I, I don't know like if it's something you know because I understand you you do the comedy thing too, which is something that's like you know that's just it's tough. That's that's a tough game. That's tougher than, than, than making music. Something about just having a pen in your hand, and I, I don't know what it is. Like it, it, it's like a good freedom, but nowadays with technology and shit, bro. Like I'm just so damn lazy. I I just. <laughs> record the shit or you know use the little voice thing and then it'll type it out for me <laughs> fuck dude that's um how long have you been in the game how long have you been rapping and um, or making making was, music in general yeah just making music like actually you know going to the studio and stuff like that probably since like about 2013 2014 fuck dude i was a junior in high school Bro, I graduated 2011, man. I was uh, I would, I would like dabble with it in high school, but I wasn't that good, so I was just like, ah, you know, it's cool, it's whatever. And besides, I'm Mexican, bro, so like, they don't really see that, you know, route for us. They think of like Mexican rappers, and they think they're like all solos and shit. So, <laughs> but <laughs> for real, man, like, unfortunately, but yeah, 2013, 2014 came around, and and um. I don't know what happened. One of my brother's friends ended up taking me to the studio, and, and from there, I, I couldn't get out, man. I was there every three or four days. That's crazy. Are, like, when you were dabbling with it in high school, were there any, like, actual, like, like lunch line rap battles? Is that a thing, or is that that's just made up? Nah, man, because where, where I went to high school... Um, there was like maybe like one or two dudes who were rapping. They were nice. Both of them were nice, and they're actually you know in the hip hop community today, the Arizona hip hop community today, and um, they were nice, man. So those were like the main two two guys to go after. So like we would have like a cipher and, and stuff like that. There, occasionally there would be a battle, but you know feelings get hurt and people end up fighting, so they don't really. You know, we kind of held off on those. We'd rather just have somebody banging on the table and everybody else rapping around it. That's crazy. Yeah, so I was, the only rap battle I've actually seen, I wasn't there. I just saw a video later. I don't know if um, I've told you about my homie Pex1. He he raps out here from Cyprus, and he's like, he's he's pretty good. Like, uh, I like to use the term next up. 
Uh, and he did this, some dude like challenged him to a rap battle and he was like sick as fuck, still showed up. There was like a hundred people there and he's spitting his verse. Like it was like a, a three, like a three, uh, three way back and forth. And, yeah. and he was, he was spinning his bars and in the middle of it, he threw up continued and then beat the guy it was it was fucking nuts and it, i think it went oh, viral man. on it went viral on youtube or something but like i was Damn, like bro see that's shit like that is tough battle rap but well battling in general but like that's that's a whole nother ball game like you can rap your ass off you can be a good rapper but it, it takes a whole nother type of person to be able to battle somebody yeah that's it, it's kind of like it's well it's different than so there's roast battle uh, for comedy, which would be the closest thing to this, but that's pre-written. I know that I'm battling this person three months in advance at the comedy store. I could I write a hundred jokes for it, and I just pick the best three. When you're rap battling, like you're going off top, you got to take into account what he's saying and kind of spit it back in a way. Like that's that's crazy. Yeah, man, that, those are that's that's a whole different animal right there. I admire them. Like my favorite rapper like right now is a battle rapper because this is like I said, their mindset is different. Their wordplay is different. The way that they process, you know, certain things you, you'll go back and you'll, you'll have to catch it like two or three times later after listening to it. Yeah. It's crazy. You said the, um, the Arizona comedy scene or comedy scene, uh, rap scene. What's the, have you been in other scenes other than that community or, um, no, nah, man, I. I've done like shows and stuff like out like in Colorado and shows in um in uh Texas. Actually I did South by Southwest back in twenty fourteen. Um but oh, man, mainly just Arizona. Uh like as far as like my streaming and stuff like that, like the, ironically my like my a good amount of my fan base comes from Los Angeles, even though I've never really been out there. Oh, that's sick. Yeah, man. Um, I did a feature with with uh, he's like he's kind of like an underground artist out there, but you know that feature his name was strong enough for you know artists to be like okay you know we'll check this dude out and you know so it's, it comes it goes Phoenix and then it goes Los Angeles. <laughs> That's one two, huh? That's your one two. It's uh, as far as demographic yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah, right now it's Phoenix, Los Angeles, and then Texas and New York and some weird ass country overseas i thought it was some you know it was like some robotic shit but you know, they actually do listen to hip-hop out there yeah it's crazy when you when it like you look at the maps like i'll look at the the insights and stuff for the podcast and people listen on a consistent basis in all 50 states and then 27 different countries and that shit blew my mind because i've never even been outside the united states dude yeah and it's like people People, there's, I mean, there's what, 8 billion people in the world? Yeah, man, and it, it's a good feeling, like, too, when you look at it and you're like, fuck, like, somebody other than my homies listens to my stuff, and, and, because, you know, when you start out, like, you, you know, I can't speak on, like, the whole, the comedy thing, because, again, that's, like, a, a, that's a whole different ball game for me, like, I, right. my, my respect goes to you guys, but, like, I started out making music for, for my friends, for the homies and shit, and, and, you know, when I started realizing that damn like people i don't know listen to my music and they'll message me and they'll be like yo like this is dope this this and this and i'm like damn like that's that's it's a good feeling that's fucking crazy so in this in the scene that you're in in arizona is it more 
like is it competitive or is it more like collaboration like do people want to work together or they just kind of like ah let me get this and give me let me get that type of thing uh out here i mean this it's a little bit of both uh, there are like those groups you know there's like the like the it's, it's kind of like high school it's like a bad comparison but it's like high school you know there's like the little cliques of people who work with each other and shit but, you know, there's a lot of, uh, like, competitiveness. And I like, you know, I like the competition. It's cool because everybody wants to be the best in their city. But, you know, I don't know, man. It's it's in a good place, but it's in a bad place as well because, you know, that competition shit, they take it literal rather than, you know, just leaving it up to music. Right. Yeah. How does it, How does the collaboration even go down? Nowadays, man, honestly, it's all done through fucking Instagram. You direct message somebody, hey, you know, I fuck with your music, I fuck with your page, let's let's work, let's work, let's get something done, and you know, next thing you know, there's a fucking Instagram story of them two in the studio together, and a week later, the song comes out, and you know, it's it's cool, it's pretty simple. Um, I thought like when I first did my first like actual collaboration with an established artist. I was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to be in the studio with this person. That's the way it works. And I was like, nah, man, like, there's a difference between local and somebody who has their business right. And the person who has their business right, I only communicated with that person via email. Oh, shit. Yeah, and it's like, bro, like, I sent him my phone number and everything. I'm like, bro, like, you know, text me, fucking let me know what you need. And, nah, man, it was just strictly, I don't know if I was talking to him or his manager, but his manager is just saying here you know we'll have the vocals back to you in 24 hours and i was like all right cool that's crazy yeah so have you have you watched the the new show dave with um dave bird fucking little dicky little dicky yeah uh, i heard about it i haven't gotten a chance to watch it man i got a son who watches cartoons 24 7 <laughs> so yeah bro <laughs> i don't get no chances on that tv yeah it's it's a it's it was a good show, um, but it was just kind of all over the map. Uh, and so one of the the first episodes, he like bumps into YG when he's like just kicking it in the in the lobby, uh, and he like they're gonna like collaborate, like he's gonna get YG to be on like one of his songs, and he like YG asked him for like ten grand, and so he he like sends him ten grand, and then he never got the verse or whatever, and I was like. <laughs> Like that's that like that's crazy just to think that because I like as a I'm not in the music industry at all so like I don't I didn't re- that was my first time seeing like oh fuck these people like pay to get these people on their songs I never I never thought of that at all yeah and you know out here when you when, like when it's local and, and when you're amongst your own peers and stuff yeah you know it's something as simple as yeah well you know here you go here's the beat. And they'll meet up in the studio and they'll chop it up. You know, they'll probably, the payment probably comes in the form of buying, you know, bringing weed for them or fucking <laughs> whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Something cool or having, or having one of your photographer homies come and snap some dope pictures for them and, and you know, so they can post on, on Instagram later or something. Um, because nowadays that's pretty much what it is, bro. It's like you, you're not only just selling your music, you're selling the image too. Like mm-hmm. if your pictures are fly, then it's going to, like, it's natural for somebody to gravitate towards it. But um, there I've only had about like since I've been doing it, bro. I've only had like one experience to where, you know, I had a contract that was in place. Uh, I had a, to send a, a wire money through, you know, 
through the internet and I was skeptical as shit about it. I was like, bro, like I'm really about to send this dude this much money for a verse. Like, am I sure I want to do this? Right. Yeah. Like I, I was like trying to get dude to be like, yo, like when can you come out here? Like, I'd rather just give you the cash out here, bro. Like I don't feel comfortable doing shit like that. And, but, you know, it was all through trial and error, man. Luckily, you know, he was a good businessman. And, and I, sent him the, I sent him the money. About four or five hours later, he sent me the, the rough demo. And then, the like, in 24 hours, he sent me the full version. And I was like, all right, cool. I'll, I'll fuck with it. What if that happens? Like, I'm sure this has happened before. What if uh, that happens and the verse is just straight up fucking trash? I mean, what, <laughs> that, Like, do you, again, do, do you that, say that, something? That, <laughs> yeah the, i luckily you know thankfully i haven't experienced that but in the situation like that i think you just you gotta take what you can either you you gotta take that loss or you just gotta say fuck it and, and keep that verse on there and should just try to rely off that person's name but i mean that that kind of makes you look good too because it's like okay if he's somebody that's well known and they give you a half-ass verse and you wash them the people are gonna be like yo well that's true. Yeah, so it kind of it's, it's good and bad. Yeah, cause so I I stumbled upon this random song by uh this this artist from like Chicago. Uh, I think his name's like Lungs or something like that. And this song that he has from like 2013 it features Logic, and the song is straight fire. Like it's great. But I was just thinking like like this dude, like barely has any followers on instagram his page only gets like 20 uh listeners but that one song has like six million hits and i was like and i was racking my brain i was like how the fuck did this guy get logic on his song and then i saw that episode of dave and i was like oh shit the guy just paid him i was like i didn't even connect the two i just thought oh this guy's just friends with logic i guess yeah and i mean a lot of it is just like reaching out like um, actually, my the dude that produces all my shit, he's the one that puts me on to these artists that I reach out to. Like, I uh, the dude that I collabed with, his name is Aston Matthews. He's uh, he was on his way up. He was coming up under uh, ASAP Yams, but you know, unfortunately, ASAP Yams had passed away. So these guys were kind of left to fend on their own. Well, by that point, they had their established following, and and um, I dropped that feature with him, and and that got my you know my soundcloud following isn't that big but it got me about 70 percent of my followers uh on social media it got me about a good 30 percent of my followers just based off of that feature it's crazy how that game works because it's like if you get one good song maybe with one good feature or even a solo song that hits they could change your entire the entire face of your career oh yeah easy man easy and, and that's uh that more so is like up to you. Like when when I got that feature song back, I was just thinking. My, I was talking to the producer dude, and he was like, "Fuck, bro, should you go back and re-record your shit, or should you just drop it how it is and and see if it sticks?" And you know, I think I think it did what it was supposed to do because that right there, you know, it got it, it got me a few plays and it got me a, a nice little uh, a nice little check sent out to me. So I was like, "All right, cool." How how like picky are you about like your music? Like, do you do you often re-record shit? You're like you'll find one little thing about it and you'll change it, or like how how does that work for you? I know everybody's different. Uh, well, before I even go to the studio, man, like I I, I demo the song myself. Like I have like a little home studio setup. Oh, nice. Um, 
Yeah, so I'll demo it. I'll listen to it for about a week. Um, I'll actually take notes on the song. Like, so on my notepad, I'll go in. Well, on the actual phone, like where I wrote the verse, I'll put where I want to have like certain ad libs or where I want the beat to drop or whatever. And uh, so by the time, you know, when I'm done through giving it a good listen, by the time I go to the studio, I don't even have to pull out my phone. I know where everything is going. I know how everything is going to go. I go in, record what I got to record, and I just bounce out. That's crazy. Yeah, I'm sure there's there's shady shit, but when it comes to comedy, there's no, like, it's not comedians that are shady. It's the producers of shows that are shady. Like, um, so I got hit up to do this. Uh, I don't know if you saw it. I got hit up to do this weekend in Stockton. They were opening up this brand new comedy club in Stockton, California, which, by the way, is one of the biggest shitholes I've ever been to in my entire life. <laughs> like, I didn't realize how big of a sh- people until people were like, hey, man, like, careful. And I was like, all right, I'm just this kid from, you know, Orange County. I'm like, ah, oh, you know, like, danger isn't like that real, you know? I get there and I was, I was like, whoa, like, this is way different. I, I pull up to this the comedy club put air quotes and it's literally just this restaurant that like they rented out it's like this old nightclub and nothing was set up yet they were going to use for for the spotlight they were going to use uh like a chandelier that just happened to be above the stage which is just straight trash uh and the guy was like oh yeah we got you up in this hotel uh just pull up at this hotel and then as i was on my way the guy was like, oh, like, actually, they're overbooked. Let me put you at this other place. And so I didn't actually get to the hotel until, like, like 30 minutes before the first show. And I had gotten there, like, five hours early. And the guy was like, I pull up to the desk. And the lady's like, oh, yeah, like, are you going to pay for this? Because they haven't paid for it yet. And, like, a bunch of other shit went down. And by the end of this trip, I was like, bro, like, I'm getting fucked right now. Like, they ended up not paying me. Uh, the last show... Um, the last after the last show i go back to the hotel room and they're like oh yeah they only paid for one night so i straight up i called this dude started cussing him out i was like bro you need to get your ass the fuck down here all this shit he gets down there and i fucking i was like dude open up your wallet right now he paid me whatever i was supposed to get paid and plus the hotel room and i just drove through the night all the way back dude but the shit like that is what you got to watch out for in comedy like you said you live and you learn but the shit like that happen in music oh man all the time bro uh, um what was it there was a uh, there was a show that we had in Colorado Springs because I before I I was doing my solo shit I was a part of a group oh shit uh, and uh, and the group shit it was it was jumping we were we were doing uh, we were actually doing pretty well man and uh, we ended up the first time you know we ended up getting some super janky shit put on us was out in Colorado Springs and you know we were supposed to be staying at a hotel long story short we end up staying at this dude's girlfriend's mom's house. <laughs> Yeah, bro, uh, and, and you know, mind you, it's a nice house, but I'm sleeping on the goddamn floor, bro, because I don't know these people, I'm not trying to sleep in their beds, I'm not right. trying to do nothing like that, um, you know, most of the time, we're, we're, half the time that we're there, we're like, hey, bro, you know, we know we're not big or nothing, but you kind of did promise us a paycheck, like, we kind of need that check, because, you know, we're young, we, we kind of used up all our bread to fly out there, and, and we need some payback. And nah, bro, they paid, they straight up paid us in weed. Like, these guys oh, paid us in fuck. fucking weed. I mean, mind you, it was some fire, but <laughs> we're like, come on, bro. The only thing that kind of saved us is we took merch out there, you know, so we kind of made some money. We we, we kind of balanced out, you know, our money out there with, with selling that merch. 
how was the show in itself? Uh, it was dope, man. It was dope. The dude is, I'm not going to front, you know, he's, he was, he wasn't honest about, you know, the way shit was going to work out there, but he got us a good crowd of like two, 300 people. Oh, that's fucking dope. Us. Yeah, man. So we were like, you know, that, that shit, that, that was our first time ever, like, headlining the show and, and having that much people there usually it's like you know 80 to 100 people and those are you know your friends or people that have been rocking with you since day one but my like you're in a whole nother state bro you, you don't know these people and, and they're there to see you because your shit was on the radio over there and like the local radio and your shit was you know it was it was getting promoted out to these people so yeah man when we get on stage and, and we did our thing we got off stage and people were you know not treating us like celebrities but they're just walking up to us giving us props and shit and we're like hell yeah like that's what's up that's fucking sick the thing that sucked dick the most about the stockton thing is that the shows were garbage they they didn't like they the promoting that they did was like day of you know, like, you can't just be like, oh, by the way, we're opening up this new club tonight. You should come on by. Like, that's – so the first show had, like, maybe 40 people, and this is – it's a nightclub. The place is fucking huge. Like, it's not – for a comedy, you know, small, tight-packed with people, low ceiling, like, small. Boom, this place is fucking huge. Everybody was talking. It was, like, all these people's first fucking comedy show. So it was garbage. Like, these people were fucking me over. The shows were trash. And I had to drive, like, six hours. Like, it was just fucking garbage. Yeah, man. Nah, that's, that's like, some super janky promoter type shit. And, fuck. It, it, well, before this happened, though, like, had you had been, like, dealing with, like, professional people and shit, you know, and getting booked for the shows? Yeah. I've done shows uh, up in uh, San Francisco and Oregon. Some of the my favorite shows ever played that was packed out, paid me up front. It was freaking great. The people were great. The comedians that were on the show also that were local were great. And so that was my expectation because that was, the like, the first few times were fantastic. So I didn't think that I was just naive. I didn't think that something like this could happen. And by the time I realized, I was like, wow, I'm actually not going to get paid. It was already day two. I was already deep into it. Yeah. Well, that's dope. See, well, I mean, you you, you had your business. I'm pretty sure they were probably trying to, you know, be like, oh, well, this is probably this dude's first show. Or they were thinking you were on some rookie stuff, man. But that's dope that, you know, that you put your foot down and you were like, hey, bro, come out of your pockets and, and take care of that. Because they know now, you know, they... they they probably you probably did yourself a favor and they're probably they probably don't look forward to booking you because of the fact they're like now nah, we can't pull this, we can't fucking jake this dude over <laughs> it, but the, the craziest thing about it is though that they they brought me out there to host the shows and it's not like i have some big ass following in fucking stockton california so it, like i don't get why they didn't just go local with it you know i was like why are you bringing me all the way out there from la like what the fuck but Living oh, you, shit. living you learn, man. You said, um, you said you had a son, Abraham, right? Yeah, man, that's my little man. That's my little Abraham, young king. <laughs> how? What's the story like behind him, and like, how does he like affect your music, and like, just? Oh shit, man! Uh, he's just he changed everything, bro. Like, I, I never, I in my lifetime, I, I never thought I was gonna be a father. I, I never thought. You know, that, that shit was far from me. You know, I had my son when I was 25 years old. And, um, yeah, bro, I was just, I don't know, man. It, it, he makes me, uh, 
how do I say it? Like, I kind of tone shit down. There's certain things that I keep out of my music now because of the fact that, you know, it's like, sooner or later, he's going to hear this shit. And I would hate, like, to be that dude, like, having to explain to my kid, like, yo, well, I said this because that, or I said this because that. Yeah, that's the that's the same shit that Eminem went through when he, like, all the songs that he made about his mom and, like, all the stuff about his family and stuff, which ended up being huge fucking hits. But, like, he wasn't, he didn't think about his daughter growing up and hearing all that stuff, and he had to, you know, explain it, and it damaged, uh, like, his family relationships and stuff. But, I mean, I mean, they're tight as fuck, but I assume yeah. it's an awkward conversation. Yeah, and, you know, his mom, you know, she's, she's a good, she's a real good person, bro. And, you know, we're, we're, um, we're young, you know, we, we're trying to, like, we were strangers, bro, when this happened, when, when, you know, he was born, like, we were barely getting to know each other, me and her, ourselves, but it's like, now, man, like, the power of a child, like, he can just bring people closer together, and, and, you know, she, she just told me straight up, like, yo, like, make music and be somebody who yourself can be proud of. Ah, that's fucking dope, dude. Yeah, man, but, I mean, I, bro, that's, that's my kid, he's everything, I wrote, like, maybe two or three songs that, that are, you know, based off of my son you know like the day he was born i wrote a whole song about the day he was born like how the date panned out and and like his first time he um he ever looked at me and like said daddy and stuff like that those are songs bro that i, I made them but I, I will never put those songs out why not um i don't know man like i they're done they're mixed mastered and everything but I don't know, like something, something about like inside of me just not letting me put them out. I don't know if it's because you know I, it's just not the right time. Um, one of one of the friends suggested me. He was like, because uh, he heard it and he was like, "Yo, bro, like this is different. Like this is not what we're used to hearing from you." He's all like, "This is some shit that belongs on an album. Like whenever you make an album, especially your first one, you spend all your life, you know." basically creating your first album right and um he was like nah bro he's like, I, I would just hold off and, and maybe you know maybe when i make that album maybe those songs you'll hear those songs on there but for now man it's just something that's just personal for me like for me to listen to every now and then so the uh, the red project was is do you consider that a mixtape then that was more so like a, like a playlist man the way that came about um the Red Project, the producer of that whole project, his name's the Red Emperor. Um, that's, you know, he's been my boy since high school, and um, we kind of started the music thing together. And um, I called it the Red Project because that's his project. He, the way that that all those songs were created was, he made the beats, he titled the beats, sent them to me, and I had to write based off of those titles. Oh no way! Yeah, man. So it was more so. Of, uh, it was more so of like him featuring me type stuff yeah I, I get, that's kind of a challenge to just have to sit down and make something dope out of some a topic that somebody has presented to you oh yeah man it, it, and uh like the cool shit is like he um he took me completely out of my comfort zone like that, those style of beats like i i would never have thought to myself to you know create a, a project based around those type of things like i come from like downloading beats off of youtube looking up like fucking uh you know like like jay-z type beats or fucking kanye west type beats stuff and and like hip-hop shit not like sounds like that he he forced me into a different zone and from there bro like it just got more comfortable 
That's crazy. So, um, for like producing a song, is this the guy that you said produces all your shit now? Yeah, yeah, he does all my stuff. Um, out of everything that I've dropped, man, he's probably done like ninety nine point nine five percent of everything. That's crazy. It's good that you. I I like that because I I'm a I'm a big Logic fan, and like he has his producer six and how how his whole story transpired from back in Maryland and he fucking brought his boy out here with with him and like they grew together. I think that's fucking crazy. Yeah, man, and that's a uh, um, cause I there's been you know there's producers and stuff out here too that I'm fans of, but like I I I guess the way I think it is like I owe it to him to say I create a song that I fucking get paid off of. I want to be I want to be able to break bread with him. I want his name to be on that paycheck too because you know he took the time to learn how to produce, learn FL Studio and stuff just so me and him can work together. So. I owe it to him, you know, that first, like, big check to be like, yo, like, here, bro, this is ours. Now I can go work. Now I can go make someone else some money. That's crazy. Um, so do you, so does he, like, would you feel like you guys is, your guys' connection on a musical level is, like, like he, like, the beats that he makes, like, are molded for you, in a sense? Yeah, because a, a lot of the samples that he uses and stuff like that is shit that we listen to, like, you know, we when we get in the car and we're driving somewhere, and it's like music that we listen. We don't even listen to our own music, bro. Like I was just really about to ask that. Yeah, like we don't listen to our own shit at all. Like we'll listen to it when it's done, like right before we're about to upload it, and we just shy from it. We leave it to everybody else to listen to it. Like me and him, like we, he'll find like some like weird ass artists, and and he'll like put me on, and I'll just bump to it. Uh, but believe it or not, bro, we listen to more R and B music than we listen to rap music. Really. Yeah, like, uh, to me, I don't know why, like, it's just, and this, I blame this shit on him, because I used to listen to nothing but gangster rap, and this motherfucker started showing me, like, R&B shit, and I'm like, yo, <laughs> like, this is, like, vibe, like, just pure vibing music. Fuck. So, it, it's crazy because, I, I say it's crazy a lot, but it's just, to me, it's just new. I'm just learning a shitload of yeah. stuff right now. Um, But, so, you know the song, the song Homicide with Eminem and Logic? Yeah, that that beat wasn't produced by six. It was produced by my friend. So my friend knows the guy who produced it. He's friends. So it's a friend of a friend, and they they made yeah. it like just to fuck around. And somehow Logic ended up hearing it and bought it off of them, and then turned it into what that is. And it's fucking just crazy to think that someone would just be fucking around, making a beat at home, and all of a sudden, you know, a year later you have this fat ass paycheck and it's logic and Eminem like that's yeah. Like you think of, you, you have one of the fucking greatest of all time and like a future great of all time. Cause people don't give logic that credit, bro. Like a lot of people, they, they want to talk shit and say that he's not nice, but bro, that little dude is fucking nice. Like yeah. there's a joint, there's a joint that I heard from him that I think is like, I've been my personal, like top 20 rap songs was, a. Uh, what was the title of it? It had like a wild ass sample, and ironically, the dude that produces my shit, he put me onto it. Huh? A, a really great song by Logic that is just super underrated. I like Soul Food off his first album. Yeah, he just goes through like his entire upbringing, and it's just like it's fucking, it's just nuts. He does, 
he does talk a lot about the whole biracial thing and it does kind of get pushy at times it's like all right man you know like but i mean same eminem talked about drugs his ex-wife and his fucking mom for most of his first two albums that are classics now so yeah Oh, yo, I found the joint. It's um, it's off the Bobby Tarantino. Uh, it's called 44 Bars. Oh, that song goes hard. Yeah, bro. I heard that everything. Like, sonically, that fucking song is... is that's what it will forever be in, like, my top 20 favorite. And I never thought I would bump Logic, bro, because it's not my style of music. Again, I, I, if I listen to rappers, bro, I listen to gangster rap. Like, the closest I... The only person that like really listened to that pushed me out of that element will probably be like J. Cole, but everybody listens to J. Cole, so <laughs> What so like gangster rap as in like like mainstream, like like or old school, like NWA, Warren G, all that shit, or like Oh nah, bro. I'm talking like like gutter, like uh Freddie Gibbs. <laughs> oh rap. fuck, Freddie yeah, like, Gibbs. Yeah, bro. Hey. Freddie Gibbs is, is like my favorite artist, bro. Like, Are you serious? I, fuck that fool, dude. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I never, never met the dude, but I don't know what the fuck it is about his music that just makes me want to go fucking grind, bro. So I, um, I was at the comedy store and I was, I was doing one of the roast battles. And for the the thing about roast battles, it's crazy because you're roast battling someone that you know. And I think I was, I think I was roast battling uh, Anthony Davis. Uh, I, I think it was Anthony. Uh, and the judges are your idols, you know, it's fucking Anthony Jeselnik, Jeff Ross, like these dudes that you grew up watching, so you're either gonna kill it and win, or you're gonna do alright, or you're gonna suck dick in front of your fucking idols, and then they, they roast you back, and this battle that I was doing, and it's a packed out room, it's the belly room upstairs in the comedy store, there's a hundred people, and it's just the energy in there is insane, and the guest judge for my roast battle was fucking Freddie Gibbs, dude. Oh, no. Yeah, and it was so I was doing my opening thing, and he he interrupts uh, my opening joke, and he was like, he was like, hold up, hold up, this fool's name is Galen, and like, dude, he just started like clowning on me, dog, and it was funny as fuck, and uh, I ended up I ended up losing that battle in like uh, it was went to a crowd vote because it was so close, but I lost that battle, and I talked to him for a couple minutes after, and he was like, hey man, like you're really funny, like keep at it, man, and I was like, hey, I appreciate that, but. <laughs> but that's see but shit like that like i feel like when they fuck with you it's because they actually do fuck with you, you know yeah what I mean? exactly yeah if he didn't like me he wouldn't have even taken the time to talk to me after yeah like you know he's like uh, a lot what a lot of like these fucking rappers do bro is like they'll try to test you they'll try to get under your skin to see if they can try to break you but like i said bro like comedians you guys are a whole nother fucking breed bro like you guys your guys' skin is thick as shit and you know, you guys can fucking... Hey, you'd be surprised, know, man. Like, you'd be surprised yeah, like, the beefs that go on and how soft some people could be. I got thick-ass skin because I grew up with the name like Galen. So it's like, you're I'm getting picked on in elementary school and you got to develop that thick skin fucking quick, bro. Yeah, and I mean, shit, I'm, I'm pretty sure that shit molded you, bro. Like, you were... By the, I'm pretty sure by the time you reach seventh grade, like, nobody can say some fuck shit to you. Nah, no way. Yeah, bro. See, like that, but that's dope, though, man. Like, you know, that's that's cool because if they fuck with you, that means that they fuck with you. Like, they 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 just wanted, they just needed that reassurance. Have, have is there like hazing in like music? Uh, nah, there's not hazing. There's just like, uh, how do I say it? Like, um, 
I, it's not hate, but it's kind of like shade, man. Like they'll, they'll uh, but that's how you know somebody fucks with you is when they start when they try to throw shade your way. Right. Yeah, like I've I've met one dude out here, bro. Uh, um, I used to think the world of this person, and I showed him my music, and um, I showed him the music, and I I, I was happy, bro, because I'm like, yo, like I look up to you, bro. Like I've heard you, I know who you are, and um. I showed him the music. He listened to about three or four songs. And bro just like was on like some superstar shit, bro. Just got up and walked out of the room. He's like, hey, bro, I got to go. Like, hey, we, we have to go. Like, if they had somewhere important to be. What the hell? Uh, yeah, and like little did he know that the person that he was in the car with, it was my homie. He was the person that took me there. So I was like, he was like, yeah, bro, he was in the car. And he's like, he was showing love, but he was hating at the same time. Yeah, like, cause, yeah, because he was like, he reminds, he's like, because you reminded him of what he used to sound like. Uh-huh. Yeah, bro, because this, this is an artist, bro, who, who from, he, he's from here. He had a major deal. He had a major deal. He fucking had his chance, but he flopped. He had to come back. Hey, flopped in what way? Like, he just put out, like, uh, a bad album and people stopped fucking with him, or... Bro, he put out a terrible album, and uh, but that's the thing is he tried to force an album. Like he put out an album, and the dude who put him on, he was just like, "Hey, bro, like I'm good. Like you can you can bounce." <laughs> and and the dude was he was a he was a, a a joke, bro. Like people took him as a joke when he got back to Phoenix. But you know, I'm not gonna fucking praise somebody and then you know you know be on some hater shit like nah like when he came back i told him i was like you know what bro like maybe you need to be back home like yeah for real what what, would you ever consider like moving to la or is that something that you think after you get to like like not get discovered but like you know like that big break oh bro if i if i had the opportunity to move to los angeles i would even if your son was in phoenix that's the tough part. That's that. I think that's the only thing that's stopping me right now. Because I'm my like my goal before was to be, you know become the man in my city and then blow up somewhere else. Because I thought that was the, the I thought that was the ticket. But after watching like the futuristics, watching you know the brown boy Majas, they left, bro. Like they left, blew up, and came back. Huh. Yeah, and and that's why like now I try to look at at, at it that way now. But it's like, you know what? My son, like, my son's at an age where he needs me right now. Like, he does, bro. Like, he really needs me right now. Right. Though, at least that's the way I see it, you know? When you, when you hold your kid, you're like, fuck, like, I can't, I can never leave this, this, like, this thing. Like, this is me. Like, this is a better version of me right here. Do you ever feel like uh, what you're doing, like, even if you worked like to leave, like a reason to leave is so that he would never have to, you know, work a day in his life. Let's say like once you like, because how old is he? One? He's one. Yeah, man. He just turned one. That gives you 15 years of fucking grinding and making music and just working your way to the top before he even knows the wiser. That's true, too. That That is true, too. I think more of so is just like fear as well, like. It's me being fearful too, because again, bro, like I'm, I'm an Arizona kid. Like, yeah, I've been, I've been to New York, I've been to Los Angeles, I've been to fucking Texas, and it's like, 
fuck, like, I don't know, man, like, my life is here, my family's here, now my son is here, so I think it's more so me, bro, like, I can't, like, you know, put the blame on my son, it's more so me just afraid of that change. Yeah, I don't know if I can move either, but then there's people, I see people, uh, I hung out with this chick, right, and then the next week, she was, she hit me up, and I was like, oh, like, let's go hang out, you know, you know, wink, wink, and she was like, oh, I can't, I just moved to Maryland, I was like, what the, how do you, what do you mean, and she's like, oh, I just decided to move, and I moved, I was like, what the fuck, like, people, <laughs> people be doing that, and I just, there's no way I could ever do that. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, if it's for nothing, then, yeah, I would sit there and question the shit. But if I move to L.A., you know, and I tell people, well, yeah, I'm out here because I'm chasing my shit. Right. Like, you know, that would kind of be easier for me to fucking say. But then again, you know, like, I'm the type of person where if I, like, were to make a move or something, I wouldn't even fucking tell. I would tell the people that are closest to me who need to know that I'm leaving and just bounce. Move in silence? Yeah, like, just move because you know when you i believe in that you know bad people putting bad energy on you and shit like that i believe in shit like that bro so i believe that like when you put out like some news or something or you let somebody know like oh well hey i'm gonna be doing this or i'm gonna do this there's always gonna be that one person and it's always usually somebody who's close to you that's gonna just put that fucking bad vibe on you yeah i I mean so i kind of keep a small circle like there's only three people that i would say that know everything about me or know shit that i've been in like deep uh and then then there's the circle so not a lot of people know me but i know a lot of people in a sense where in the same way i don't know i feel like i might i would probably if i was to move i'd probably post about it just because there are people that follow me in different areas and so like if i were to move to new york i'd want people to know hey i'm moving to new york if you could help me get spots at a club or if you could help me uh find a place or if you could help me find a job or if you could help me uh with anything that it would be best to put it out there instead of reaching out but i don't know is moving to is moving to like what what's your what's your what's your vision like what's your like what will make you say i've made it um, moving out there, man, honestly, is just reading, uh, I guess just reading the, like, the right people, you know, to help you get to where you need to get, and, and understanding what, like, what business really is, bro, like, getting a fucking PR and, and a PR agent, getting a manager and shit like that, but more so, it's, it's just, a, the, it's the goal that we're all trying to reach, bro, is to just get bread. For real. <laughs> You see that uh, uh, two more two more things. The the you see the the billboard shit with six nine. Oh yeah, yeah. What do you think about all that? I think they're that. I mean, that little kid, bro. Like he, there's some truth to what he's doing. Like I feel like shit is it's it's there there is shady shit that does get done, but at the end of the day, bro, like that shit doesn't really. That's not what I aim for, so that shit doesn't bother me. Like, if I ever get to to, to land on 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 billboards, you know, cool. Like that shit, I'll take that shit and, and I'll run with it. But like, if it doesn't, if it's not something that affects like my goals, bro, like I don't even try to pay attention to this shit. Fuck. 
yes, it's it's just crazy to think that someone could purchase so many things and, and, and bump their way up. It's just shady. And then the fact that nobody seems to really give a shit is another thing that's bothersome. I think the only thing that I could compare it to in, in comedy would be like someone stealing a joke um, because that happens all the time. Like, it, like I would never fucking steal a joke, but I've see I see it happen, and people don't say shit. People who know that it happens, and anytime I see it, I'll text the person that I know whose joke it is. I'll be like, "Yo, just so you know, this person's fucking using your joke, and like, if you want to do something about it, you can. I'm not because it's not it's not my issue, but like, I feel like I would rather if someone heard someone telling my joke on stage, I would want that person to tell me." Oh yeah, bro. Because that's like killing. That's like hearing somebody steal your fucking bar, like word for fucking word. Like that. That's that's your shit, bro. Like that's you. Like it. It, it would fucking irk me for somebody to reap the benefits off of me. You know what I mean? Like right. Something you wrote. And it's funny that you brought that up because I was just. I'm a fucking YouTube geek, bro. I stay on YouTube. I try to watch every single fucking video on YouTube. Is Carlos Mencia guilty? Oh, 100%. Thank you. 100%. Thank you, here's, here's, dude, it's crazy because um, I was supposed to, on Tuesday, I was supposed to be opening for Jamario McLean at the Brea Improv. And the next, the next fucking show after that was Mencia was supposed to be performing for like three days straight, right after us. And it's just crazy that that guy still gets fucking work after that. Like, the dude should be blacklisted from comedy. I know, man. It, it, that's and it's tough too, bro. Because it's just like you can. Uh, and I look at his situation kind of compared, you know, to the fucking six nine dude, bro. Because it's just like, bro, like the proof is there. Like, why do you guys still welcome these people? Like, they did some some fuck shit. Like, they they're benefiting, you know, off of doing somebody else dirty. But then again, you know that I guess that kind of resorts back to like status but you know i don't know again i don't really know shit about the comedy world but you know does mencia really have juice like that does he have juice to still be able to sell out shows i don't think he's selling out shows but i think people because he had that tv show that there's people that there's people who don't believe people who take his side um but the mistake that he made was he did it at the comedy store so the comedy store for so it's the comedy store represents different things for the different levels of a comedian uh, the further into a career you are so for me i'm only two years in anytime i'm booked at the comedy store it's like valhalla you know it's like it's like wow like i gotta throw down like i'm always trying to throw down my best shit i'm always trying to make you know but when i'm there it's like okay you don't know who's watching uh you don't know who's in the fucking crowd you don't know if the bookers are there you don't know if like you could have a great set and then they invite you back and they invite you back and that's how you that's how a lot of people have gotten their careers started uh mencia at the time so any of the big comics they use the comedy store to work on new shit so you'll see you could see someone that is, is like wildly famous and just bomb and eat dick at the fucking comedy store because they're just trying brand new shit his mistake was doing someone else's jokes while that other person was upstairs performing in the other room. Like, why the fuck would you, like, it doesn't matter. Why would you use someone else's jokes there? And that's when Joe Rogan was like, you didn't fucking write that and hopped on stage. And good for him, dude. That's fucking bold. That's bold to just sit there and, and try to fucking pull that off thinking somebody wouldn't hear it. 
yeah like it, it it's it's crazy because the the comedy store there's so many comedians there there's comics in every room watching and kicking it everybody's kicking it in the hallways there's at minimum 45 to 50 comedians there and most of them aren't performing on the bill that night because it's, it's the hangout you know and so it would be yeah. different if he went on the road and like did someone else's jokes in like buttfuck wyoming or something nobody's gonna hear it nobody's gonna know but the guy did it where everyone is Nah, man, because uh, who was it that put me on to, like, because, bro, I, I, like, I I used to come across that fucking Mind of Mencia show or whatever, bro, I <laughs> never thought that shit was funny. I've never like, seen it. Like, I've never in my life, I'm, he's just, like, a, obnoxious, bro, it's just, like, obnoxious comedy, and I, to this day, bro, I have never seen, like, Joe Rogan stand up. Any, any sort of, any type of a stand-up. I know Joe Rogan from fucking Fear Factor, bro. Like, that's, <laughs> that's where I know him from. That, from Fear Factor, and from, you know, the fucking uh, UFC shit. Yeah, Joe Rogan, he very, he's been doing comedy for almost 30 years now. He's very funny on stage. I think, like, I think his specials weren't as funny as they could have been, but I've seen him live at the comedy store, Dude, murders, like murders, like my side was hurting. And like as a comedian, you're kind of in the back, you know, it's like when you hear different music, you're kind of just taking it in, uh, you're observing in a way. It's different when someone destroys the room that hard. I was, I was, I was just learning a lot just by watching it. And it was, it was a lot of fun. The guy, I accidentally bumped into him in the hallway and he, I was like, oh shit, like my bad, man. He was like, it's cool. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, oh, man, see, like, uh, I, Honestly, bro, again, like, for what you do with the comedy stuff, you know, that shit is, is that's a whole different ballgame, bro, because, yeah, I, like, I watch a lot of, like, documentaries and shit, and, like, oh, a lot of y'all come from, like, some real dark shit, like, you guys have dealt with shit that, you know, we would fucking bitch about in our music, you know what I mean? So, it's right. just, like, fuck, man, like, some, you know, some of my, like, favorite comedians to watch, I, I never thought I would, like, fucking genuinely fuck with these people like the way i do yeah i mean it, it, it's crazy because as i'm like so i'm about to turn 24 this year and i'm just starting to kind of see all the different backgrounds because comedy is the first thing that really for the past two years has exposed me to all different walks of life really because like when you're coming up through high school and shit this is all just people that you grew up with. These are all people that are local. These there's no one here from New York. There's no one here from there's no one here everything you know. So when I hit comedy, all these people who have moved here to follow their dreams, I'm learning about all sorts of fucking dark shit, crazy shit, different countries, different states, different everything. It's just the first experience I've had where I'm like like whoa, the world is fucking big. Fuck yeah, man. Um, I gotta ask, bro, because, like, who... Who's your top three? Like, who, who do you look to as, like... Not that you want to be like, but who fucking, it, like, puts you in a space where you're like, fuck, like, I gotta do this shit. Like, I gotta be at that point. Um, definitely Daniel Tosh. He, his... his uh his stand-up was the first stand-up i ever saw and so like it, it just resonated with me and so like uh his style is fucking great the the dark humor that i do and the light humor that i do fucking he's definitely an influence uh dave Chappelle's up there the dude's a freaking one of the probably the greatest of all time 
And I think, bro, I'm sorry, bro. I didn't mean to cut you off. I think Chappelle, the way he fucking controls a room, bro. Uh, that's what every fucking rapper like. Like that's what we chase, bro. Is that control over a fucking room? It's magic. Yeah, it's magic. And I, I don't really have a third. I don't really. Probably Anthony Jeselnik because of his his writing is just so it's so amazing that because his his standup is just strictly writing. What about that? That was a question I wanted to ask you uh, for you. What about your top three for music? Top three for music, man. Uh, uh, well, as of right now, because I mean that shit changes for me, bro. Like you know, because some of the artists that I listen to, like they they grow. So sometimes they grow in a different direction than I'm growing. But for now, man, I have to. I'm sorry he fucking did you dirty, but Freddie Gibbs. <laughs> uh, he stays up there. Uh, J-Rock from TDE. Oh, dude, I listen to a lot of the songs that he's done with Kendrick Lamar, and that shit's fire. Yeah, like, I just... I, he's the first artist, bro, that I've listened to that I was, like, genuinely fucking proud of. Like, when he won his fucking Grammy, bro, like, I was happy as shit. Like, I don't know why. I couldn't even explain it, but I was just happy, bro. Like, I was proud of him. Like, you would think I was his fucking friend or something. <laughs> no, dude. It, yeah. The things that people speak about, like, that you resonate with or, like, just 100% vibe with, sometimes you just feel like you know him. Yeah, bro. And it's just, like, it, I don't know. Like, I just... I, he will always, like, his album stays in my fucking, my Apple music shit. His album stays there, bro. Like, even if I if I listen to it or not, like, I never, I can never find myself to delete his album. Oh, man. Yeah, bro. And the third is, um, he's an R&B artist, bro. His name is Sir. He's under TD as well. Huh, I haven't heard of him. Yeah, man, I, I recommend you listen to him. He's uh, I actually heard of him through J-Rock, through one of J-Rock's albums. Oh, shit. Yeah, man, he's, he's solid, man. Good, like, good vibe, good fucking... What was his name again? And, uh, Sir, S-I-R. Sir. Yeah. yeah. Big-ass dudes with dreads from Inglewood. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't, you wouldn't think of him to sing, bro. You don't think of him to sing his ass. I think he's about to fucking beat the fuck out of you but <laughs> yeah bro he's he's cool as shit man he's, he's real good vibe fuck man well this this podcast zoomed by really quick this is a really good one man this uh as we approach the ending of the podcast i leave a minute at the end uh there's minutes for you man you could plug whatever you want say whatever you want this is this next minute's all you you don't have to take the full time but it's all you man oh man first and foremost shout out my guy galen nash bro i appreciate everything you do you know, keep doing your thing. Second, you know, Red Project is out now, available on all streaming platforms. Follow me on every social media platform, A-Y-D-A-S-H-R. Um, and again, man, back to, back to the first round. Shout out my guy, Galen Nash, one more time. <laughs> man, I appreciate you. Thanks for doing the podcast, man. Thank you, Ron. Thank you. And thank you guys for listening. And hit the like button, subscribe button, and check out his music, man. Have a good one, guys. Be safe. Peace.